Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What's your focus? Do you have a focus? Do you have something that you put first? I tend to focus on the immediate things. I like to focus on things that are right in front of me. Sometimes, like this week, I work on day to day. On Tuesday, these were the tasks that needed to be done today. And on Wednesday, I did what had to be done on Wednesday. On Thursday, I finished what had to be done on Thursday. And on Friday, maybe I'll start working towards Sunday. It's hard to look at the big picture when you're working day to day from minute to minute. It's hard to consider our actions. It's hard to look at the big picture. Far too often, we get bogged down in life. We get bogged down in life with with the immediate things. What is due today? What do I have to get finished this week without bothering to look at a bigger picture? Adam and Eve did that. Focused upon the immediate desire of gaining wisdom from God. To tell for themselves. I wonder if that ever really occurred to them that that maybe they already knew the difference between good and evil. I don't know if they even asked the question. Satan said it would make them wise and they noted that it was good for food and so they took and then they ate. The short-term gain, they did get a much better understanding of evil. And they did. I mean, the best lies are laced with partial truths. They did get a better understanding of what it meant to be evil. They also gained a better understanding of regret. They gained an understanding of fear. They gained an understanding of shame and what they lost in the trade, a long-term relationship with God. They lost sight of heaven itself. Not much of a trade. But that's the one they made. Once upon a time, there was a young bride. She was very busy, scurrying about the house. Everything needed to be just right. Her in-laws were coming over. She wanted to impress them. So here she is, vacuuming corners and dusting the blades of ceiling fans and cleaning bathrooms and bathtubs. You wouldn't want the mother-in-law to see the thing that you used to clean all the other things was dirty. In the midst of all the busyness, she completely forgot that her in-laws said that they were coming over. They were going to pick her up because they were going out to eat. (laughs) They may barely even come into the house at all, much less have time to inspect the bathtub, the place where she cleans all the things that need to be cleaned. We as the church, the young bride of Christ, sometimes get so focused upon the task in front of us, what is needed to be done, what is needed to be done today, that we often lose sight of the bigger picture, the grander picture, which is our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. And having the ability and the confidence to speak of the great news that he has done for us. What is your focus? What is your... What's your real focus? Or maybe better yet, what should it be? We get so absorbed in the tasks of of vocations, and we have many of them in parenting and paying bills and being citizens and learning how to play new games, doing things, that it just kind of happens. It happens to the best of us sometimes. How do we regain our heavenly focus? 
After we've lost our big picture, once we've lost that heavenly focus, after we've lost heaven itself, how can it be restored? Luke gives us an answer. In my first book, O Theophilus, I've, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day that he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them, and after suffering by many proofs, appeared unto them forty days in speaking about the kingdom of God. Jesus continued his training after his resurrection. He was with his disciples for forty days, continuing their training, explaining what had just happened a young bride scurrying around the house, frantic in preparation, things started to go wrong. She chipped a dish while trying to put it away. She lost her to-do list. She dumped over a vase and put water all over the carpet. Things are starting to fall apart, and then what happens is that the groom comes. It's about time. The young bride, she, he puts his hands on her shoulder and gives her a big hug. It's okay, I know you're frazzled. We'll take care of this together. Jesus, the bridegroom, came for you. The bride, the church. He came to lift you heavenwards. He came to give you heaven back. And he did by becoming alive and then suffering and dying and then rising again from the grave. Restoring you to heaven, restoring your vision, and, and, and giving us back that, that eternal sight of what can be truly important. Which is certainly not the cobwebs in the corners of our lives. Unfortunately, we often mistake that focus that Jesus brings. Even though he comes to lift our eyes heavenward, we still get bogged down in the details of this life. We become focused and mired in the problems and the difficulties that surround us every day. When the disciples had come together, they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore Israel? Lord, at this time, are you going to relieve us of our oppression? Are you going to give us glory? Are you going to make life easier? Will you at this time make things right? The young bride indeed is thankful that her groom is finally home. Now he can help with the preparations. After all, these are his parents that she's trying to make a good impression upon. It's so appropriate that he would be here and get to help to get things ready. Maybe he could take over. If a good husband, maybe he could do a couple of dishes and wipe off a counter and run to the grocery store and pick up anything that might be needed. Take the load off of her shoulders. How often do we think of Jesus and say, yes, yes, I know. I know Jesus is taking care of the big things, right? I know that my future is secure in Jesus. I know that I'm going to go to heaven when I die someday. But right now, right now, I need some help. I'm struggling because of the messes that I've made in my life. And sometimes we don't get it. We don't, we don't, we don't put it together. We think of... We think of Christianity as something that will happen to us someday, as opposed to what has already been done for us. Jesus, will you at this time make my life easier? Will you restore the kingdom? That's not the point, Jesus says. 
It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Holy Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria unto the ends of the earth. I did not come to make your life easier. It may get easier. It also get harder. I will in the meantime give you some things to do. I will give you some vocation. I will give you work. I will give you children. I will give you grandchildren. I will give you friends. They're important tasks. Some of them may make the time go by more quickly. Some of them will make time come to stand still. But you still fix your eyes on heaven. On the great things that God has done for you. The groom says unto the bride, you're right, let me help. Let's keep our focus on what's coming up. The point of getting the house ready isn't to get the house ready. The point is to be prepared so that we can relax. Do you imagine your husband coming home from work after you've cleaned all day and going, honey, just, just relax. It's okay. Let's put on some music. We'll have a beverage. We'll enjoy each other's company. After all, remember, we are just going out to eat. (laughs) It should be fun. They're even going to pay. How much more fun can that get? Jesus did not come to restore an earthly kingdom. He does not come to give us an automatically easy life. He, He does give us tasks to do during our earthly life. Some of these tasks are easy. Some of them are more difficult than others. But they all give us opportunity to sing the Lord's praises. These are all opportunities to live a life that God could be proud of, that people might look and see our good works and give glory unto our God and and Father in heaven. A lot of people in our society, they're majoring in minors. They think that everything about this life is the most important thing. Today is the most important day. This battle is the most important battle. The greatest battles of life have already been fought and won. And as soon as Jesus had fixed everything, he disappeared. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and the cloud took him out of their sight. They could no longer see him. He was obscured. He has left them where they stood, mouths hanging open, wondering if they had been abandoned and if he's coming back and when he's coming back. In my mind's eye, I see them just standing there on the mountain going, all right, here he comes. I imagine they stood there for quite a while because Jesus, God's got to send angels to go, all right, guys, he's not coming back today. I've got stuff to do. Go on. I don't know how long they were there, but it seems like it had to have been a while. Our young bride mumbling unto ourselves, as soon as we start getting ready, he says he's going to do something, and then he disappears. I don't know where he went. I'm getting ready here to visit with his parents, and he goes off on some sort of an errand. I don't know when he's going to get back. What if his parents get back before he gets back? And she starts to feel abandoned and the whole cycle starts all over again. This feeling of abandonment is a horrible. Where did Jesus go? Where is he now? And how is he supposed to be helping me in the here and the now? But Jesus doesn't abandon us. He did not leave us alone. He is not going to leave us alone. And while they were gazing into heaven as they went, behold, two men stood by them with white robes and said, Men of Galilee, 
Why do you stand here looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. Yes, Jesus was taken from their sight. Yes, Jesus promised to be back. Yes, he promised to send them a helper. And he promised he will not abandon them. And he has never abandoned us and he is not going to do it now. After working herself into a tizzy, our our groom has gone off into some sort of an errand, and the bride is notes, notices a note upon the refrigerator. I will be back real soon. I have gone to check on our reservations. Everything will be signed, will be fine. Signed, our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus has gone up. Gone up with a shout to make everything ready, he said. John 14, 3, if I go and prepare a place for you, I come again and I will take you to myself and where I, where I am, you also will be. He suffered abandonment upon the cross so that we wouldn't suffer that abandonment. He promises that he will reunite with us. And so while we wait, he sends us a helper. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he will be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus has ascended into heaven. He has promised that he will return, and he will take us to be where he is. In the meantime, he remains. He has left his bride in the world. She, through word and sacrament ministry, continues to tell the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. He leaves us with his word to teach us, to prepare us, to strengthen us. He reminds us by his death upon the cross through his Easter resurrection, he has given us a place. He also leaves us with his Holy Spirit to guard you, to protect you on the way. So that we may keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And every time we drop our focus unto ourselves and the things of this earthly life, Jesus raises our eyes unto heaven. He lifts our eyes unto the big picture, being with him for all of eternity and the joys of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.